What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking all about mid-price madness. Last podcast on the defenders going through the players that may be the ones that make or break your team, the biggest value in the game. So let's go. Today and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I am your host Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And uh, Luke joining us once again, last Defender Podcast today. Yeah, mate, excited. You can find me at uh, Luke Rojo Seventeen on Twitter. And I think uh, of all the Defender Podcasts, this is the one people are probably most excited to see, aren't they, Mitch? This is where you kind of find a diamond in the rough. And yeah, hopefully so build your team around some mid prices. Mid prices. They're a dangerous word. It's it's a dangerous thing in in, in AFL fantasy. Yeah, it's a um, word. They can be season changing picks. They can be league winning picks. Mm. But season, they can also season changing picks either way. Either way, they can also wreck your season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if I refer back to my rule in our first podcast, don't be afraid of the mid pricer. But you can have too many. You can yep. go a bit crazy. You can you can have some mid price madness. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I think that I want to say right off the bat here with these mid prices. We want to pick the best mid-pricer. Like, you only really need one or two in in each line. And so, yeah. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put out a lot of different names here. But really, we only really need to pick one or two yeah, ones we're not, that we're really sure on. Um, yeah. and, and I think if you go too crazy and you pick too many and, and a few of them flop, well, then you're going to find yourself into trouble. That's it. We're not recommending that you pick all of these guys, but um, take on board what we say, but then also do your own research, listen to some other content as well, and see if you can identify which you think will be the best uh, defender mid-pricer of 2023. Yeah, so we're going to go We're going to go through a few names here. No, not all of them we believe in. Not all of them are the <laughs> ones that we like, and we'll talk about them when we get yeah, there. But yeah. these are the names that I've seen people discuss. These are the names that I've seen on Twitter and other podcasts and things 
things like that. We're just going to have our take and also some of the ones that we think, obviously, are the ones that should be coming under your consideration. So, um, sure. Who's leading us off, Mitch? Yeah, so again, we'll start, obviously, the last premium podcast, we were going 85 or above. Yep. So everyone eligible for this one, basically between 85 and, and the 300K where the rookies basically are. Yeah. So first player that we're going to start off here is uh, a Weagle, Liam uh, Duggan, who is someone who's... He's interesting. Now, the most expensive player that we're going to talk about today... He is, 83.6 yeah. uh, price stat, 740000 So... Look, he's, he's improved year to year, and there's no denying he's a pretty integral part of, of West Coast setup. They like the way he goes about it. I like the way he goes about it as well. Um, but in this particular instance, being the most expensive of these guys, in my opinion... There's guys who present better value. Your thoughts? He's someone that if you if you're selecting him, he's he's kind of he's almost like a discounted premium. So he's not he's not typically what you think of as a mid pricer. Now with that cutoff, um, he is someone that you know is going to be in this podcast. But yeah. he is someone that if you're picking him, you want him to basically be a premium for you. You're yeah. expecting him to take that jump up exactly. to be that guy around that sort of sixth ranked defender sort yeah. of level. You don't see him and, making um, enough money to be a stepping stone, do you? So, he's not He's not traditionally yeah. what you would think of as a mid-pricer as a stepping stone, but yeah. he's definitely, I think he does present some value, whether or not it's enough. The, the value that we see in him, I think, is, is in his splits. Um, missed a couple of games to start the season, was a bit interrupted to begin the year, but came home strong yeah. in the second half of the year. Averaged 90... 107, 107 in his last five. 107 in his last so, five. 93 post buy as well. So it, it wasn't just a small sample size last five. It was the entire half of the last season. Yep. Um, so there is there is something there. Different to, I think, who did we talk about? Brandon Ellis last last podcast, yep. who um, we sort of dismissed his, his stats in the last five. I think there is something a little bit here for Liam Duggan. He is um, 26 years old, so yep. uh, right in the prime of his career. People will definitely look at that last five and, and think, geez, 107, that's tempting. But like Mitch said before, you have to ask yourself, is Liam Duggan going to take that step to be one of your top six defenders? The answer is yeah. probably no, because I, he just... I doesn't so present, yeah, he doesn't present enough value to be um, somebody who's going to make a heap of cash and then be a stepping stone. So he's not a top six defender. So where does that leave him? He's kind of in no man's land a little yeah. bit. And while he's a, a good player, and I mean AFL player, not necessarily fantasy, um, he just he's not getting a place in my team. He, he is. Uh, I'm not going to rule him out at this stage. I, th- I still think that there is a, there is a reason that you would select him, and, and he is someone that I do think is worth a watch in the preseason. Um, you know what's happening with Shannon Hearn. If he ever went down, I think that Liam Duggan might be the guy that really benefits if that ever did happen, or if he you know rests some games, or, or maybe takes a half step role if he's one foot out the door into retirement. <laughs> um, I think I think Liam Duggan might be the guy that benefits, but. Uh, I agree with you right now at this stage in, in, in January. I think that um, that he is someone that probably doesn't present enough value for me and it's just a little bit too much of that awkward price tag uh, for, for old Duggo. I think so too. Now, this next fella. Next fella. Lead I us think off. We, we could get crucified for our takes. I, f- I feel like we have a similar take on this fella. Now, yeah. he's probably, of all these mid-prices, would you agree he's probably been the most talked about, like Twitter, other I think, pods? I think I've, seen, I've heard his name a lot. Um... I mean, it's early days. Obviously, the pods are still firing up and things like that. But yeah, yeah I have heard his name go out there. People are excited about this player. Um, yeah, and who are we talking we're about? Talking, here, we're talking about Andy McGrath, and uh, he's a bomber. He's a high draft pick, and there's a few people out there who are definitely uh, leading the campaign for Andy McGrath as being a great mid-price option. Now, 
there, I will start by saying there are reasons I can see why people are saying that, but then there's also a lot of reasons when I dug into the stats that I'm kind of just a little bit apprehensive. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, don't don't crucify me for this take because I know there's a lot of people who are high on him. You're just offering out opinion. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But in like, let's look at his his statistics or his uh, averages in the last uh, last three years. So we've got a Corona ball 77. We've got 2021 82, and then we've got 2022 81. Now. Let me direct your attention to the start of 2021. So now I think this is Mitch is why there's a lot of people who are very high on McGraw. Like so, he started 2021 round one, 141. Okay, then he goes 82, 92, 71, 133, 86, yep. 97, 75, 109. So there's scores in there, and there's probably an average across those games that does put him in the category of being one of the better defenders in the comp. But after that. He gets injured on 15. He misses a heap of games. He comes back that season and he scores um, scores low in the last few games of that season. Yep. So comes back in 2022. There's a couple of good scores and there's a few times he goes over 100. But most of the scores are kind of like a you know mediocre 70, low 80 kind of score. And it means there's, there's a bit of recent data on McGrath, but none of it that fills me with heaps of confidence. I, I know people have a different take on this. Mitch, you might be able to... Um, give some more info but I, I just when I looked at the stats I just wasn't filled with confidence man um, yeah I think for me uh, Andrew McGarr when we talk about that 2021 start to the season uh, that, that was him playing in a midfield role yeah 50 to 60% CBAs in that time yeah so he was he was up there in the midfield came back um, but then people people are justifying this huge improvement that he's going to have as him going back to half back, yeah. So, so then that and that's kind of the wording, right? It, it? I, like, think, I think that's the wording coming out of the uh, the bombers so far. I think, um, yeah, Brad Scott was saying that he wants to put people in the positions that they uh, enjoy or are good at. Or so for McGrath, that's half back, but his best scoring in the last two years has come with fifty it, to sixty percent CBA. It, so it has. So it kind so of contradicts I, what people I, are saying. I think. I think that I still maintain that for most players, centre bounce mid is the preferred position. Now I know Jaden Short. Jaden Short has thrown that spanner <laughs> in the works, yeah. and I think a lot of people will, will hold on to that for a lot of these, these defenders. Yeah. But I think when we talked about. Uh, we talked about Mason Redmond in the most recent podcast, talking about overvalued players. There are actually a few players on the Bombers that love the run and carry off halfback. You know, you talk about Nick Hind, you talk about uh, Dyson Heppel plays a bit back yeah, there. Ridley you've got Ridley, you've got Redmond. There's a few guys there that, that share the ball around, and we've spoken about before, like the Bulldogs. There's a few guys there that there's, there's too many mouths to feed in terms of that role in particular. Um, yeah. in, in last year, if we just talk about last year, he averaged 81 points um, when he played 30% or less CBA, so basically that halfback yeah. role. Yeah. And he averaged 84.3 when he played in 30% or more, so um, which was an average of 65% CBA. And there's a good sample size from last year. I know Six he, games he, where he played their midfield role. Yeah, and I mean, there's a couple of missed games in there for 2022, but overall, you get a good look at him last year. You do, you do. So about it. So both roles yeah. in, in last season, um, again, limited sample size, six games with the 65% CBAs, but yeah. it, it wasn't a dramatic improvement. And and similar to what we talked about with uh, Liam Duggan, priced at 82, you want him really to be going 95 to be justified as a, as a selection in your, in your fantasy side yeah. to be close to that top six. Again, he's not really a stepping stone. Yeah. He's like a discounted premium in a way. And, and statistically, I, I don't really see the precursors to suggest that he's going to do that. He might be the kind of guy that if you 
you leave out of your side round one. He goes bang in round in round one, and then you make that adjustment. But I yeah. don't think you can make that call before seeing anything in a, in a real actual AFL game. Yeah, and there's there's obviously a lot of people out there who, who hold a different opinion to us on this, and um, all power to them. I hope he goes well because if he goes well, that's good for all fantasy coaches. Um, well, except for me because I won't pick him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean in terms of making that correction that you just mentioned. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's every chance he's a high draft pick. He is a good player. There's every chance that he he does go big, and we hope he does. Um, but I just wasn't filled with confidence when I when I dug yeah. into it a little bit deeper. Yeah. So that's twenty just... twenty four years old, turning twenty five in, in in halfway through the season. So he's he's on the younger side. So it still yeah, he'll might be, he'll be improving. Be to go but, his prime. but yeah, I don't I don't see the big breakout this year that I think you would probably need to select him as your as your starting. Uh, Sort of D three D four sort yeah. of player, and that that'll be a, a you know reasonably different take to a lot of the stuff that's out there. So I'm interested to see what people have to say. Yeah, um, let us if, know in the comments yeah. below if you yeah. you think we we're, we're incorrect with our assessment of Andy McGrath. If you're starting with him, if yeah, you and give have some reasons why as well, we'd if, love if, to. If there's be. something that we've missed, yeah, let us know on yep. YouTube comments. Uh, we'd love to read all about that. For sure. The next guy here, I think, is um, this guy's a lock. He's, <laughs> he's spicy. It's it's really quite simple. Um, yeah, yeah, it it's, is. It's quite simple, but it's. But it's also never simple with this player as well. <laughs> Harry Himmelberg, uh, price at 80, 708,000. He was a beast last year yeah, when he pe- moved to that halfback position. And um, I mean, people know what we're going to say. If, yeah. if he's he plays in defense, back, you, you he's put him in, in your team. side. He's in every team. If he plays forward, he's in no teams. It's uh, pretty simple for uh, him. Well, I don't know if it's that simple, right? First of okay, all, talk for, to me. First of all, even when he was playing halfback last year, was he playing halfback for entire games at a time? Yeah, he, he no, does he was risk moved being that around man, a little bit. He? he played ruck yeah, randomly. Yeah, he know. got shifted forward. Yeah. Now we've got a new coach, so maybe there's a little bit less experimenting and stuff going on to start off with the season. But again, wording out of the, the camp is that he's training with the forwards. Yeah, it's disgusting, um, really. Richmond have a history as a club of liking players to be versatile. If you think about a Noah Bolter as a similar, maybe yeah. to a lesser extent. So the reason Mitch that, says Richmond is because the new coach is Adam Kingsley. He's not uh, he's mincing from, his words there. But yeah, yeah he's, he's from the Richmond system, right? Yeah. So so they the, maybe he values that versatility that obviously Himmelberg has been able to show so far. Yeah. Um, and that's not what we want for our AFL fantasy players. We want them to be in the role, locked in, exactly. and we know what to expect. So, so. But people who played last year will know this, but just some context for anyone who might be new is that uh, for the first 10 games of the season, he averaged 49, and that was predominantly in a forward role. Yep. And then uh, in the last 12 games, he averaged 100. 100.3, yeah. 100 so that's, with, with the ceiling of 161. So that's top six territory. Games. That's oh, that's that's premium is. defender level. It is. So um, he'll yeah. just be a very close watch, and that's that's not a hot take at all. Everyone will be watching him, no doubt. And, and that's and that's with in mind those games where he got shifted forward, he got shifted into the exactly, ruck. So yeah. he could have gone bigger. Yeah, there was a, a game in there, in there. I think there was a torrential rain game where yeah. it was pissing down and he, I think he had a game of 66 points that yeah. game. So, so amongst that uh, yeah, amongst that 100 average, he had a 66, he had a, a 69 in there and then he had a 67 in the last game. So um, if I did a Calvinator and took out a few of those averages... Um, he could be right up there. Yeah, yeah, it would be a lot higher. He has the potential to be one of the top defenders <laughs> if he's in the right role, but yep. again, very dependent on the wording. I, I also wouldn't... Like, if, if I'm listening to the coach and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to be in half-back role, but if we need him to, we can go up forward. Like, to me, that's also a red flag. Okay, so look, put it um, put it to you this way. If that is what comes out, are you picking him? 
I think that that's enough to scare me off. Really? Um, yeah, I think it's enough to scare me off. I, I picked him last year with that in mind anyway because when I was selecting him, he was close to the buys and we only had half a season to go. With the whole season, with that kind of versatility and, and shaking around, I, I don't think he presents enough value for that risk to be there when I think that there are other, there are other options that I think could be just as good with okay. a little bit more certainty. Okay. Um, I don't think it would be a bad selection. Yeah. I just think that there might be better selections. I would, right. I would want guarantees that he's, he's a defender yeah, and yeah. he's going to stay a defender. Um, that would be what I would prefer. I'd give myself a little bit of wiggle room depending on how things shake out and the closer we get to how tight we are with all our rookies and how much cash we have. Yeah, I was so, going to say you're going to have a defense um, for the rookies. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I think right now um, just the wording that he's training with the forwards is enough to really scare me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, but it will be a very close watch. What about Mr. Lukey McDonald? So, Lukey McDonald, obviously, he's At a guy, um, obviously, he plays for North Melbourne, new yeah. coach again with um, Clarko joining the squad now. So, priced at 688, 78 average. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think he's um, he's a guy that his role is, is obviously dependent on what they're doing over here. I... For some reason, I thought he was younger than he than he was. He's yeah, he's, he's twenty seven, turning twenty eight very soon in a month's time. So, for some reason, I thought he was younger. He has had stretches in the past where, if he's given the right role off half back, taking the kick ins, he has put up decent scores. It's always been in like a short little sample size, though. He hasn't really ever done it for long stretches. Um, he's had a few games last year. I think about five or six games over the ton. Um, I've got some stats here in terms of when he does have the kick in. So in in games where he, I'm just finding my stats here. Yeah, that's in right. games where he has at least three kick-ins, yep. um, he averages 87.8, so 88 points. Okay, so that puts him at 11 points over his starting yeah. price, yeah. which is decent enough value. Um, you know, at 77, again, it's that awkward price. Like, do you want him to go? 90 plus, 95 plus to be worthwhile. Yep. I think you want at least the 90 to 92, so that 15 points upside, get close enough to that top six. Um, that would put him just below that. Um, so he does take the majority of the kickouts, but you've got like Aiden Core took 60. Aaron 60. Hall's obviously there. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Hall in his limited game time. So I think it, just from the looks of the stats here, I think Hall last year anyway was probably the predominant kicking taker if he were to play four games. There, yeah. yeah. So that kind of presents a bit of an issue because if, if we're backing Hall to have a good year, then potentially that means McDonald has to sacrifice something in terms of kickouts. But uh, all a little bit unknown with North as well, Mitch. I don't know if you, you mentioned, but it's like Clark is coming in, new coach as well. So yeah. there's... When the new coach comes in, there's always unknowns. It can go down a really positive way for fantasy scoring, yep. or it can be the opposite, but you, you kind of just have to wait and see. You're at the, yeah. the mercy of what the new coach wants to do. Yeah, so I think for that reason, it's a watch to make sure that, one, is Aaron Hall in the team, um, first of all? So <laughs> yeah. if, if Aaron Hall's not in the squad there, I think that definitely does raise... Uh, it raises Luke McDonald's ceiling. It also raises his floor, I think, as well. So a lot of those poorer games when he wasn't taking many kick-ins yep. um, was when Aaron Hall was in the side. So I yep. think that... His his floor gets raised. You'll see less of those sort of low 40s, 50s, 60s scores, more of those scores, 70, 80 plus. Yeah, there's a game um, here where 
um, McDonald had zero kick-ins, Hall played and Hall had 11 kick-ins. Yeah, so that exactly. kind of gives some context on that. Yeah, so so when, when that when that happens, obviously we talked about like, you know, yes, sometimes the kick-ins can get overvalued, but you, you give yourself an extra 10, po- uh, 10 kicks, there's yeah. 30 points. Yeah. Um, you know, that's definitely going to raise your floor uh, and prevent you from having those truly big stinkers yes. um, in, in a fantasy game. So I think that... He presents some value to me, probably at this stage not enough, but just because of the new coach, new game style, I think he's worth a watch in the preseason. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Who we got next? Uh, who we got next? We have uh, a player that I think came onto the scene last year. He was a bit of value, came in late, um, but I still think there's a bit more of a ceiling with him. Um, okay. Kadeen Coleman from our, uh, from, well, I wouldn't say our, but our local uh, Brizzy, yeah. Brizzy Lions. Yeah, Kitty um, Common. I think Kitty Common came out of morning, so I used to play as well. So, did he? Okay, there you um, go. Yeah, 688000 priced at 77.7, so exact same price as a Luke McDonald. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't see um, Kitty Common as being like a massive accumulator, so I don't know if there's a heap of value there, but the, the two things that I know about him, one is that he is just an elite kick of the football. So, he's really good. Oh, so if... Um, you're at Brisbane, he's a guy that you want to get the ball in the hands of. Now, I'd be interested to see how he's influenced as a few of the um, older Lions defenders kind of drop away. So yes, yep. guys like Daniel Rich. Rich is the obvious yep. one to think about. Zorko, who played a bit off halfback as well. Yes, as these guys kind of like um, move out of the fold, I'm interested to see whether they show um, Coleman a real priority in terms of getting the footy in his hands yep. um, because just if you watch him play you'll you'll see it straight away he's such a smooth mover and a great kick um, just he, even as a junior my understanding is he wasn't a huge accumulator of the footy it's just what he does is special yep. um, you notice every possession when you watch him so have, have a look at him but I, I would sort of disagree with you a little bit Mitch in saying that he presents more value I can't see him going going much bigger than that, 77. The, the thing is that I think that makes me feel a little bit optimistic about him coming in and presenting some value is he actually, prior to last season, was playing more as a forward. Um, and last year was his first year playing as that halfback sort of a player. And, and often in times we've seen players that when they, they start a new position, it takes them about 12 months to really get, get going. Like if you think about... Mind, sorry, go on. No, sorry, I cut you off there. But I was going to say, keep in mind, I, I think he has played a little bit of a halfback role as a junior as well. So Correct. Whilst, but, but you're not wrong. I mean, playing a position at AFL level is very different to playing a position at um, you know, Quaffle or Nefel level. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's some merit to that take. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, we, we, we've got some recent examples with that, maybe in a different position, but someone like a Rory Laird, when he moved into the midfield, we saw flashes. He averaged 111, I think, his first year there. Next year, in the same position, nothing really changed, but obviously we saw what happened last year. Um, so I think we can see a player get a bit more comfortable in that position, especially a player as young as Kadeen Coleman. He's only 22 years old. So um, going into his fourth year in the AFL, we always talk about the fourth year breakout. Whilst I don't think that that's like an umbrella thing that we can throw out there, I think in his case, it is something that we could look at. He's played 35 games so far in the AFL, so he's going to be, again, approaching that 50-game mark this season if he's healthy. Um, so I think average, what did he average, 90, uh, was it 70. 82 in his last, uh, after okay, the bye. So, so he's he hey? got a little bit of upside, I think. Like, I still think that there's maybe not enough meat on the bone, but it yeah. would not shock me if he comes out and really takes a step up this year. I um, I, I think there's still a bit upside with Kadeen Coleman. Um, take, yeah. take this stat as well, because this might even um, reinforce your opinion. So, 
who I think it's pretty obvious. Who do you think took most kickouts of the Lions last oh, it's year? It's rich by a landslide. Yeah, by heaps. But then who took the second and most? Was it Kadeen? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, I mean, there's a huge difference. So, Rich took 145, Kadeen took 35. But for me, my mind looks to the future and thinks, okay, well, if, if we're getting to the point where we're starting to transition Rich out, yep. who are we going to be blooding with the kick ins? If we like the way he kicks, it's Kitty Coleman. And, uh, you know, maybe we overrate the kick ins a little bit too much. But if you have three or four more kick ins a game, uh, that's yeah. enough to, to be valued. It also signifies just more trust that the club has in him. Yep. They're going to be looking for him to get the ball a bit more in his hands. So I think that. I'd like to see him play on a little bit more. Yeah, his play on percentage uh, was only sixty three percent. So he's got he's got to learn how to get the stat. But yeah, yeah. someone tell him that he gets a he gets a disposal. Yeah. At least <laughs> Maybe he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, let's, he's, he's young young he's kid. Aware. So come Ooh. on, mate. Let's let's get outside that square. So um, again, uh, kind of falls into that awkward kind of price where I don't know if there's enough upside for me to select him. But yeah. it is someone that I I'm watching him in the preseason with uh, at least a, an optimistic viewpoint yeah, that yeah. potentially Hell there yeah. is something there. So. Um, uh, I think that he is someone that I think I'm not crossing off my list just yet. This next guy, however, yeah. is the guy. I'm, he's in my team right now. This okay. next guy. He's in my team. See, I thought I was going to get a hot take here, but Mitch and I have read each other's minds. So <laughs> Christian Salem. Christian Salem. He, he was one that was kind of, um, he was on my radar, but not as much until I dug into the stats. Yeah. Once I dug into the stats, um, I'm really, really high on this guy. Mitch, talk to us about why. So, obviously, he last year had that injured-affected game, yep. first round, injured on three points. So, right there, huge, uh, terrible score baked into his average, yep. so that's going to bring his price down. Yep. He also came back into the side, um, and when he came back into the side, Angus Brayshaw had moved into a little bit of his role. He's also been someone that has had the runs on the board in seasons past. So 2021, do you have his stats there? I've got a couple too. 2021, average 93. <laughs> yep. 2020, average 71.3, but again, in that COVID year, so that's probably closer to that 85, yep. high, high 80s, low 90s sort of number. 2019, um, basically averaged the 90 as well. So three years in a row where he's averaged close to 90 points. Yeah. This season comes in price 73 at or something. 73. Yeah, see, so I just don't see a world. If he plays all the games, there's not a world where he goes less than, like where he goes 73. He, he's He's got to go 85 plus in my opinion. Like I think he's a 90 plus player. I yeah. think there's runs on the board to suggest that. Let's hope so. Um, I also think that with um, uh, players like uh, an Angus Brayshaw moving into the center Middle, bounce. He's going to be the man back He's going to be the Man, they've got a guy coming in um, uh, running the wing, so I think that... I thought you were going to talk about Jake Bowie off no, half-back. No, not Jake Bowie. <laughs> the warn dog would be having nightmares. <laughs> yeah, and he, we know he does listen to this podcast, so... Um, That's generous, mate. That's yeah, generous. So, so I think that with... Um, Who's the guy that I'm thinking about? Lockie Hunter coming from the Bulldogs, uh, okay. coming into the okay, Melbourne. Okay. So I think that that means that we're going to have Brayshaw in the middle, Hunter on the wing, and yeah. you're going to have Salem in his traditional role of halfback. Yeah. So I think that he is basically, at worst, a 90 player. So that yeah. gives him about 17 points of oh, upside. You're picking him, aren't you? Like, he's tried and tested. You mentioned the stats before. There's, you know, um, the corona year. He's a little bit down, but everything other than that suggests... Uh, 90 plus other I, than just an injury affected I, I think that 90 plus is, a, is enough of a guy that you can carry through to the buys and when you get to those luxury trades then you're starting to get him to sort of that best six player so yeah. I think that he's he's not someone that's going to hurt you earlier on the season he feels really quite safe in yeah. terms of that that sort of guy that um, the kick in. let me just have a bit of a look at some kick in data for yeah have, have a look at those kick, kick in data but I think that yeah for me he is of all the guys not to, to poo poo the guys that we're going to talk about later but of all the guys that I've got here on this mid price a list. He is the player that I think um, is the the most upside. He 
yeah. to take if you average his season out last year, when you take out that three, he averaged eighty one points. Yep. When he came back into the side and Brayshaw moved into the mids, he finished the year putting up a ninety nine and a hundred and four yep. uh, before the finals. So I think that once he gets that full season preseason under his belt again, and they have an established role for him as that halfback uh, distributor with yep. Brayshaw in the middle, I think that he definitely presents a lot of value for us, and uh, I feel pretty confident about that one. Yeah, so kicking wise for Melbourne, um, May predominantly uh, one fifty one yeah. kick ins, and then Hibbert, uh, Hibbert, sorry, and Salem played half the games of May. They had twenty three and seventeen respectively. I think if there's we go a couple back to two thousand twenty one though, he was second behind Stephen May with okay. with forty seven to May's one fourteen. So. so May's definitely seems like the guy there, but I think. If Salem plays a full year, that only boosts the confidence in his ability to go down and grab the footy and, and take that kick in. So, um, yeah, and, and occasionally if it's not him taking the kick in, I've noticed he's the next kick. He might be that, you know, that um, might get the plus six yep. instead. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's just so much upside for him. Um, like you said, he's, he's already... 27 years team. old. He's in his prime. Yeah. Doesn't break the over 30 rule. So... Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it feels like the safest mid-pricer, but also still with, I think there's 20-plus points of upside there yeah. in, in, a, in a good team, a team that, um, you know, they're not, they haven't quite adopted that super-fast gameplay of the Richmond, Collingwood, uh, Geelong to a lesser extent. Um, they, they do like to chip it around, move the defense a little bit. Um, so I think that he definitely has a yeah. bit of upside there. So, But can I interest you in 10 kick-ins from Jake Bowie last year? Played on 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Can I you sell say, you on that? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a pass there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kidding yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think Salem's the man for me from that Melbourne side. Uh, so, yeah, I think for me right now, before we move on to these other guys, he's yep. the guy that I think right now, as the game has just opened last night, he's <laughs> sitting he's sitting at my D3 at yep. the moment, uh, Christian Salem. Yeah, I got, a good, I got a good feeling he'll stay there. Uh, next guy here we're talking about, and again, this is another one of those guys that's been talked about that maybe we are not as keen on as maybe some others out there. Yep. Um, I think I know the reason as to why his name's been floating out there, but Ed Richards is the next mid-price that we're going to yep. talk about. Price at 73.2. 648000 so you pay an extra $5,000 and you got Christian Salem. But Ed Richards finished the year, uh, he finished the year pretty strong. If you listen to our podcast about the overpriced defenders, we talked about Caleb Daniel and Bailey Dale. To me, there's just too many mouths to feed in that Bulldogs back line. And um, I know he finished the year strong, uh, averaged 97 in his last five Um a couple of those games were without a Caleb Daniel. There was also a game out there without Trelaw. So I think those numbers are influenced a little bit by players missing time. And again, we're assuming everyone's healthy to start the season. So I don't think that there's really uh, the value there that Ed Richards um, might uh, suggest with those last five numbers. So for me, he's a pretty easy... He's a pretty easy scratch. Yeah, I think um, when you can have Salem for an extra 5K, it's like it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Do, is there anything that you can maybe uh, say to Ed Richards' defense, or is it pretty uh, other than Yeah, look, other than, the fact, other than the fact that, um, you know, the Bulldogs historically are a pretty good scoring team, mm. um, you do say there's a lot of mouths to feed, but they seem, to find, they seem to find a way he's, to, he's, to feed them. He's up them. and coming. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt he's a good player, but um, sometimes you have to separate, yeah. Footy player from fantasy player, and um, right. I just think with the with the mid priced options around him, 
It's not necessarily on my radar. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think we can move on from him pretty quickly. This next one here might require a little bit more discussion. Yes, I think he's. Um, and I think he is. He's probably. He might be the most um, selected mid price on this list. Elliot Yo. Um, yo yo. Now the yo yo. Uh, his price is six hundred twenty-five thousand seventy point six. Is his price stat figure. So I think that he is someone that we can. Um, we definitely need to spend a bit of time discussing him and his fantasy pedigree. He has had seasons in the past where he um, has put up a, a ton, uh, averaging... I think that was in the midfield, though. He, he has played off halfback before. He yeah. was an All-Australian, I think, a few years ago, a little while ago now. Yep. Um, but So people are getting excited. Injuries has been his thing as well. That's the thing. Um, and he's, how old is he now? He's getting on as well, isn't he? Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one yeah. up here right now. But Now, I, th- I said this to you, I think it was yesterday, but I just get the twenty nine. I get the feeling there's this tendency in fantasy where you have a guy like Elliot Yo. He, he's dropped so far in value now that people look at that value and they look at his history. They find a couple yeah. of seasons where he averaged a hundred and yeah. think, "Shit, I have got to get this guy in." He's averaged hundred before. Kind of like that Mitch Duncan that we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah, but you have to. I mean, in this situation, I feel like you have to ask yourself, "Well, why is he this price?" Like, there's a very obvious reason why he's this price. He can't get on the field. You can't get on the field. I think also the Eagles are just a different team to when he was putting up those big stats. Yeah. You know, like 2018, the Eagles were up and about. They won a flag that year. Yeah. So um, a very different side to what they have now. He was That's a few it. years younger. He's playing a different role in the midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, some people are saying that obviously a halfback with a poor team, that sometimes that, that perks your ears up because obviously you think, okay, there's going to be a lot of ball down there. Yeah. The Eagles tend to like to chip it around. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see how long, um, yeah, Adam Simpson persists with that game plan. He's obviously, yeah, got them a flag in 2018, but there's been a very distinct change um, in the way the good sides are going about it. So, in terms of game plan, I'm interested to see whether he carries that kind of chipmark game plan into yeah. 2023. But for me, it's just the injuries. It's like, yes, he's averaged 100 before, but in the last three seasons, the guys played, let me do math quickly, 27 games. Yep. In the last three seasons. Yeah, barely like, over a season. Yeah, some, some blokes are almost playing that in a season. So, I just, it's one of those ones, if it goes good, it'll go good. I fully expect, like, if he plays 22 games next year, I expect him to average more than he's priced at. I yeah. think we could How also- much more? Like, let's, let's say, you, okay. you, I could guarantee he's going to play 22 games. Yeah. Do you think he then comes under consideration? Yeah, I think, it, I, I mean, yeah, if you can guarantee that, I think he goes at least 15, if not 20 points above. So, he's, he's valued at 70. I reckon he goes... He's he's a caliber of player that he's not going to average much less than ninety if he plays all the games. So, if you pick him and he plays all the games, I think you'll be well and truly rewarded. If you pick him and he gets injured, don't come crying because I think yeah. that <laughs> that's kind of what he's shown in the last three years. So his his injury history there was a, there was a groin there as yeah, well. Yeah, OP. I think I, think, uh, I think yeah, read. Yeah, I think so. That's obviously a tricky one to to come back and rehab from. It's a, it's yeah. one that. Does often have a lot of setbacks. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember if there's any been any other uh, main ones. Was was there Not, a hamstring in there? Or something? Yeah. I can't quite remember. But um, he, 
I struggle with with injured players. Uh, coming from a fantasy basketball uh, background, a lot of the times we discount those injured players a little bit too much, and we we think we write them off saying that they're injury prone. Um, I know Josh Lloyd, another uh, uh, NBA fantasy analyst out there, he's, he's got a saying where you're, you're injury prone until you're not. You're an Iron Man until you're not. Um, yeah. and, and I do subscribe to that theory a little bit. Just a couple of seasons ago, Josh Kelly was a player that we were talking about as an injury prone player. I could never make it through a full season. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he might have played every game last season. Uh, fact check me on there. But he played at least the majority of games and was yeah. considered to be an injury prone player. Um, I think it is different for some players depending on their age, depending on on Depending what the their nature well. of the injury is. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily write it off by saying that he's too injury prone, you can't pick him because solely based on that. It wouldn't shock me if he comes out and he, he plays a lot of games. That That is a, in the realm of possibility. I actually am not too keen on him just based on the upside that he provides. I, I think that I see him more of like that mid eighties guy, so even rather if he than plays, a mid nineties guy. Even if he plays the yeah. full, I mean, mid eighties is still fifteen points of upside. Fifteen yeah, yeah, points it's, of upside. It's it's maybe 13, 14, 15. Okay. Um, My main concern is the injury. Yeah. So, but and then and then you couple that again with the injuries. It's enough yeah. for me to knock him down. He is yeah. definitely a watch for me. Yep. Um, I don't know. Look, he played. He played. If I throw some stats out there, he played two games in defense last year without any injured scores. Average of eighty-two point five. It's yeah. two games. It's not really enough for us to go off. But even in two thousand and twenty-one, when he was playing seventy-eight percent CBAs, he played twelve games in a row. Um, eighty-three points uh, is what he averaged that season, and that's in the midfield. Um, now, maybe you think he's going to be better off halfback in a poorer side. There is an argument to see there. Yep. I still think that for most players, an inside mid role is the best role for fantasy scoring. So I don't think that he's going to be dramatically better than that 83 yeah. in a halfback role. So My understanding I don't really see big. him going over 95. Uh, yeah. I'd... I'd, I'd be more likely to see him below 90 than above 90 would be my personal opinion of it on his scoring uh, upside. Yeah, I think he's one that we both agree we wouldn't be completely shocked if he went well, but yeah. I just don't have the confidence. I think I think with his stage. injury history and his and his risk, you want him to be going. You want big upside. You need yeah. at least 20 points upside. Yeah. You need him to go that 90. And he's got the potential. 95. Um, I personally don't see that in his future, but if you do, then it is enough for me to go, okay, if you think that he can do that, I don't think the injury history is enough for you to put a line through him if you think he can do that 92 to 95 average. Yeah, all reports are that he seems to be training well and recovering. Um, for, I think it was most recently a calf injury I was just reading, but um, if you've got any intel out of the West and you can uh, hook us up, yeah, please. Get some, get yeah, some scoops. Let us yeah. know. We'd love yeah. a scoop. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next guy here. Two more players that we want to cover. The next guy here, I think uh, Matty Mottram dropped his name when we interviewed him uh, when we were talking about some uh, AFL fantasy players, but Jack Bowes moved from the Gold Coast Suns to the Geelong Cats, um, look, I'll, I'll say it right now. When I looked into the numbers here, I don't see it. I don't see it for Jack Bowes. He was a guy that played yeah. well a couple of years ago under the yeah. Gold Coast system when they were kicking the ball around. And yep. I think that's what maybe people are remembering and higher. counting on. And they, they think Geelong. They think, oh, Geelong, chip it around. But we know last year, very yeah. similar to the Suns, a little bit more direct. Um, you know, does he even come in as a best twenty-two player on that's, this team? That's the question I was going to raise um, as well. Is like that that season you're referring to, Mitch? I think is he averaged eighty off nineteen games in twenty twenty-one. But um, yeah, you're spot on. Like, let's say 
uh, Jack Bowes gets traded to Hawthorne or gets traded to North Melbourne, then suddenly I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's something yep. here. But like you said, it, it, he's going to be um, either riding the pine or, or scraping to get in the, yep. the best squad. So I think, yes, there's the potential for a little bit of upside, but... Is he going to go and be a big dog at uh, Geelong? I don't think so. No, They've just traded so. in um, Tanner Bruin as well. Step in there and just go, hey boys, it's all right. I know you won a premiership <laughs> last year, but Jack Bowes is here. Leave it to the Bowes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. I don't see that happening. No, uh, yeah. No. And they've um, they've just got such depth in their squad yeah. on all lines, pretty much. So there's uh, the notion he can play a bit of halfback. He might be able to. You've got you know, Stewart. You've got Duncan. Yeah. There. You've got you've got a few other guys um, that, that love to come in and, and collect some of those plus sixes. So. All reports out of out of the cats are that like he's training really strongly and all the guys like him. But um, you know, I've never seen a report of a guy that's shit house and nobody likes him so yeah, yeah, exactly, you're always right? going to hear that aren't you you're always going to hear the positive stuff and there's yeah. a lot of those reports going on at this time of the year yes. but uh, um, you know he's, he's 25 so he's, com- he's coming into his prime now but I just I don't see the statistical reason as to why anything will be really different going from last year to this year um, yeah. he only played five games for the Gold Coast Suns last year now yeah. I can't remember if that was injury affected or if that was him not making a team um, couldn't yeah, quite I can't tell recall you that either. much um, I think there was a game where he started as the uh, as the sub. I think it was in round fourteen, his first game. He actually started as the sub, got yep. activated, um, scored twenty nine points. Obviously, that's in a shortened game time. But if yep. you're starting as the sub for the Gold Coast Suns and you're going over to the Geelong Cats, the reigning premiers, yeah, um, trouble. It's not trouble. not confident enough to pick you in my fantasy squad. Uh, I know he has had some decent stretches in the past, but uh, yeah, for me, it's a it's a pretty quick. Once I start digging into the stats, it's a pretty yeah. quick line through. It. Last two years as well at the Sun, so 21 and 22, he's averaged close to four kick-ins a game yeah. as well. You think he's going to be kicking in for the Cats? I think, uh, uh, I think there might be a few guys ahead yeah. of him that line. <laughs> yeah, again, he heads down there. And, uh, boys, I got this. <laughs> hey, Tom Stewart, move out of the way. Yeah, I'll, kick in I'll here, grab mate. the spare, Sharon. No, no worries. No, yeah. I, I just think, yeah, a lot of unknown and going to the prem, like the reigning premiers is um, not where you're going to go down and become a big dog. Last player that we're going to talk about here, um, we'll go through him a bit briefly. Now, he's a guy that I actually really like. He's had a he's had a rough run of it in, in recent years. Yeah. Hunter Clark is uh, maybe a forgotten name out there. He Luscious hair on this bloke, I believe. Oh, he's, uh, Am he's, I right? He has to wear the headbands. He's got to wear the Flowing headbands. Um, he's a guy that has sort of been on the radars for fantasy managers for uh, for a couple of years. He's had some injury... Uh, Unluckiness in in seasons past. He's he's twenty three years of age. Going to be twenty twenty four this season. Yeah. Um. There's a couple of precursors in a few seasons past that he might have been heading into the midfield, getting some CBAs, but injuries have kind of prevented that from happening. Um. And and I I worry that. Th- the time has sort of passed by him with some of those injuries delaying his opportunity. But he is someone that does have a little bit of pedigree when it comes to his uh, junior numbers. Um, And if he was to get into that centre bounce uh, midfield, I think he could do well. Um, He also has an injury-affected score ended on 16. um, That uh, brings his price down a little bit. But again, with the AFL Fantasy's pricing mechanism, that discount is applied to his last season uh, in 2021, where he averaged 72.6. So if he just played another couple of games, we could have got him a lot cheaper. Even in that year in 2021, he had um, injury concerns. He missed close to 10 games. He played 13 games. uh, Yeah, there was a span there where he... um, yeah, had a couple up, hundreds yeah, in there. Yeah, he yeah. turned up three times in four weeks, but then there's also a stinky 50 in there as well. Um, 37, which is not a sub-defected game as well. So Yeah, okay. Well, I think 
with Hunter Clark, if you're even looking at him, you're probably looking at him based on a hope that new coach, new opportunity. Um, but in terms like some of the other guys that we've listed on on um, this pod uh far more in the forefront I of think, our minds. I think the they? only thing that would, would really perk my ears up about Hunter Clark, if I saw him getting set of bounces in the preseason yeah. and he was looking good in that role, I would definitely have him highlighted. Yeah. If I see him playing off that halfback a little bit more and just kind of doing more of the same as what we've seen in the past, then I'm putting a line through him. But he's he's just a name that if I see him in the centre bounce um, early in the preseason, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on him because yeah. I think there is some upside. He has demonstrated in small stretches, like I said, a few tons in his in his time yeah. um, that he he has the capacity to do it. He's he's quite cheap at, at price of sixty eight, so um, he is considered maybe an ability to be a stepping stone. That if he even if he averages sort of eighty eighty five, that's that's you know close to twenty points upside. So I think he is someone that could be there in the right role, but it would really require that centre bounce uh, role for me to, to yeah. really consider him. For sure. So, confirming of the blokes we've talked about, Mitch, yes. you are the highest on I'm highest, Salem. I'm highest on Salem. I'm looking, um, obviously, Himmelberg's role. Yep. I'm looking at Elliot Yo and, and what he's doing and how he's fe- feeling. Yeah. I'm looking at Kadeen Coleman and his kick-in responsibilities with a Daniel Rich. Yep. Um, and then I'm, also Hunter Clark, if he's in the centre yeah. bounces, then I'm, I'm maybe perking my ears up as well. But and for th- me, Salem right now is the only one that I feel confident in. I agree with you in, in terms of Salem. I, I mean, I'm open and uh, I'd be very happy to be proved wrong in terms of Andy McGrath because, mm. you know, if he presents as a, a guy who um, can score big, then uh, I'd love to be proven wrong there because I know there's a few people who are definitely keen on him. So, again, I reckon we'd be very keen to hear people's thoughts. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. And a little bit of a justification as well, I think, is always good. Yeah. If you kind of float a name, let us know why because that kind of um, – we're looking for all the information that we can find as oh, well. of course. Yeah, um, I'll steal your pick and then uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Claim it as our own. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take all the credit. Uh, but, yeah, let us know down in the comments, guys, what you think down below. Um, next week, we're going to moving on to the midfielders. Oh, there's going to be we... some guys to cover too. Could be some juicy podcasts oh, some coming hot, up some there. Some hot takes. I reckon Mitch has got a few takes on um, Tommy Mitchell that might surprise a few well, people. Well, so. we'll see. There's, there's, a few, there's a few names to talk <laughs> little, about there. Little teaser so, there. Yeah, yeah, let's get them in, guys. So um, <laughs> let us know down in the comments. Any questions, give us a big thumbs up. Make sure you guys are subscribed again on the YouTube channel. We are looking for subscribers uh, very much so at the moment. Give us a five-star rating if you are listening on to Apple Podcasts and make sure you're following us along there as well. And uh, happy team picking, guys, with the game open and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.